Hey everybody, welcome to the 11th episode of Pop Break's Socially Distanced Podcast. Uh, my name is Bill Bodkin, I am the editor-in-chief of the site. Now before we start our normal episode, um, I it would be irresponsible if, we, if I didn't talk about um, the current situation happening in the United States right now. Now, when, we, when I started the pop break uh, back in 2009, our whole um, mantra was a pop break in your day to take your mind off all the heaviness in the world, and we hope we can do this in this podcast coming up. However, the situation, given the, the killing of George Floyd, is too big to not talk about. Right now, we're seeing what's happening. I'm not going to tell you anything new with protests and violence across this country because of basically systematic racism. And it's great that we see people donating money and tweeting and sharing stories. That's all awesome. However, and and listen, guys, uh, I'm being truthful with you. I'm I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. Uh, We can't, if we really want to see change, we cannot treat this moment in history like we treat something like, we treat it like everything else, where we we do those tweets, we do the one-time donation, and then we forget about it. If we're all really passionate about changing the world, because we need to change the world, and we need to change the way things are in this country. We have to work at this every single day. If we want to get the, to the root of the problem, or root out the problem, I should say, if you've ever worked on removing a root from the ground, you have to work at it every single day. You have to put in effort. You have to get dirty, and you, you're going to get frustrated, and you might fail. But to get it out, you have to work at it. And that's what we have to do. I'm not sitting, and please don't take this as me wagging a finger at, at you, the listener. This is on me. This is on everybody. We have to step up. We have to be there and be present. Do I have the answers on how to do that? No, I don't. And I will freely admit that. But go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on the internet. There are plenty of great organizations you can support. There is plenty of great organizations, not only that you could donate to, but that have information for you how to be an ally, how to change your mindset, and how by changing your mindset, you can help change slowly but surely the country. Like I said, we're not a political site, but we have friends who are black. We have writers who are black. We have people of color in all of our lives. And we have to be united. We have to be with them so they can live their best lives and just enjoy what time we have on this earth. And I'm sorry if that was preachy. And if if that offends you in any way, don't listen. Don't go to pop break. That's fine. But uh, we all need to do better. We all can do better. And uh, that is my piece I have to say about this. Uh, Thank you guys for letting me just get that out. I know it was very imperfect and very raw, but that's the way the world is today, and my emotions have been for the past week on this. So uh, 
Again, thank you guys. And now, the Socially Distanced Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the 11th episode of Pop Break's Socially Distanced Podcast. Uh, My name is Bill Bodkin, I am the editor-in-chief of the site. Now, before we start our normal episode, um, I it would be irresponsible if we if I didn't talk about um, the current situation happening in the United States right now. Now, when we when I started the pop break uh, back in 2009, our whole um, mantra was a pop break in your day to take your mind off all the heaviness in the world, and we hope we can do this in this podcast coming up. However, the situation given the the killing of George Floyd, is too big to not talk about. Right now, we're seeing what's happening. I'm not going to tell you anything new with protests and violence across this country because of basically systematic racism. And it's great that we see people donating money and tweeting and sharing stories that's all awesome. However, and, and listen, guys, uh, I'm being truthful with you. I'm, I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. Uh, we can't, if we really want to see change, we cannot treat this moment in history like we treat something like, uh, we treat it like everything else, where we, we do those tweets, we do the one-time donation, and then we forget about it. If we're all really passionate about changing the world, because we need to change the world, and we need to change the way things are in this country, we have to work at this every single day. If we want to get the, to the root of the problem, or root out the problem, I should say, if you've ever worked on removing a root from the ground, you have to work at it every single day. You have to put in effort. You have to get dirty and you're going to get frustrated, and you might fail. But to get it out, you have to work at it. And that's what we have to do. I'm not sitting, and please don't take this as me wagging a finger at, at you, the listener. This is on me. This is on everybody. We have to step up. We have to be there and be present. Do I have the answers on how to do that? No, I don't. And I will freely admit that. Go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on the internet. There are plenty of great organizations you can support. There are plenty of great organizations, not only that you could donate to, but that have information for you how to be an ally, how to change your mindset, and how by changing your mindset, you can help change slowly but surely the country. Like I said, we're not a political site, but we have friends are black. We have writers who are black. We have people of color in all of our lives. And we have to be united. We have to be with them so they can live their best lives and just enjoy what time we have on this earth. And and I'm sorry if that was preachy. And if, if that offends you in any way, don't listen. Don't go to pop break. That's fine. But, uh, we all need to do better. We all can do better, and uh, that is my piece I have to say about this. Uh, thank you guys for letting me just get that out. I know it was a very imperfect and very raw, but 
that's the way the world is today and my emotions have been for the past week on this. So again, thank you guys. And now the socially distanced podcast. Everybody, this is Bill Bodkin, editor in chief of thepopbreak.com. Welcome to the 11th. Yes, we've been doing this for 11 weeks. The 11th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Like I said, Bill Bodkin, editor in chief of thepopbreak.com. Thanks for listening to that open. Um, I am joined every week by the reluctant. Maybe he's not so reluctant anymore, as proven last week. His name is Al Manarino, edit managing editor of the site. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, what a week! Yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy. I, I when we thought that the pandemic was the worst thing that we could possibly imagine, just you know, America's like not so fast. Um, yeah, it's been a really strange week. I think um, your boy Chip Zdarsky said it best. He did. He really. He did. Did. I, I got to pull. Well, I got to pull that, that tweet uh, up when John uh, Krasinski he sold these. Some good news network right before there was no more good news. Um, yeah, it truly feels like that with with this week. And, and we're, we're doing something a little different this week. And we have a, a fun guest, literally my oldest mm. friend, I think. <laughs> well, we always plan. say we have one of every time we have a guest on, we say this is one of our favorite people. We love him. This oh, guy's no, no, a no, no. real piece of shit. I didn't, say he, was, I didn't he, say he was a good guest. guy. Real scumbag. No, I mean, we, like, literally the worst deadline hitter in the history of Pop Break. Probably not. But also, complete douche canoe. Um, you know, we're, we're doing this at, like, you know, twilight hour. It's the witching hour when we're doing this because he's like, I no, can only uh, it, record from 2.47 to 3.02 <laughs> in the morning on a Saturday if, uh, you know... Ursa Minor is in, you know, the Northwestern Quadrant. Ladies and gentlemen, what a dick. His name is Ryan DeMarco. What's up, buddy? Cue the audience. Thank you, fellow dads. Thank you. Yes, I'm not a dad, but, uh, you know, 11 p.m. is not the witching hour. I believe it's uh, what they call breakfast for the poor people. I don't know. I'm up all night, so doesn't really matter but uh it's an honor and a privilege to be here uh in week 11 and it's crazy as you said that this has gone on for 11 weeks the the, the quarantine not the show i know the show is the, the show is uh it's a You've wonderful never listened show to an episode by the way so i have listened to eps i am a subscriber i am a i am a five-star reader so yeah the one guy who did it i am <laughs> It starts with one. One person starts a change. Right. No, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys asked me here. I could not be more thrilled. Yeah, that's mostly because yeah. two other people canceled on us, so you're good. Yeah, we don't have to tell. No, them it, no. in, in week 22, I'll be back at week 22. All right, uh, I'll be here. We'll see. We'll see how the audience reacts. But uh, but Ryan, uh, as Lowe's, much as we Lowe's give him shit, episode. give a sh- give him shit for being himself. Last time I saw Ryan um, DeMarco, shocked to no one. 
I met his girlfriend for the first time, completely drunk. It was just like, <laughs> said a couple <laughs> things. Like, are you holding a Jameson bottle in your hand right now while you're saying that, too? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> it's been a, it's been completely a drunk. Yes, I remember oh. that. I, I That was at a festival. That at was the, at the See Here Now Music Festival. <laughs> Doubt oh. that'll happen this year, but yeah. here we are. So People can together. So, yeah. As, as I was trying to say something as Bill, as usual, interrupted me. Uh, Ryan is um, my oldest friend in the world. Uh, that's another reluctant uh, thing that I have to deal with. But I've, I've known Ryan f- like since the seventh grade. Didn't you know I, Al's wife before Al? She did. I did. She did. Yeah. Yes, she did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I went to I went to I went to uh, CCD with 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 uh, your your wife uh, your so uh, yeah I was uh, that's the most Catholic thing ever said on this podcast I know well and that's strange the last thing so that's all right that's as that's as far as religion goes with me so I <laughs> after that I think that was about it but yeah and, it's, and uh, that's when your life just went all downhill you should have when... accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you'd be <laughs> in a better position <laughs> I'm the I only one who done. still goes to church guys so that's uh, true. Well, I, technically, I don't go to church. Uh, but uh, Ryan and – you know, the three of us have uh, had some pop culture adventures. Like we said, we would see here now music festivals. Hell of a lot of fun. I, would just, I watched the whole Dropkick Murphy set with uh, with Brian. And then I I saw Dave Matthews as a small speck in the distance. Um, mm-hmm. And heard him sound like someone playing a car radio three miles away. Um, yeah. Did it sound like this? It sounded more like this. Ah, got it. And, and thousands of people were losing their minds at yes. that. So. It's just like he was yeah. sounding like a cat, like he always does. Uh, we also were in a parking lot one time. Uh, that sounds weird to start it off, but uh, to meet Kevin Smith. At, oh, yeah. Uh, that yes. was, I, that, I recently came up on um, my Facebook memories. <laughs> we were at a parking lot waiting to get in uh, to uh, the Secret Stash. The Secret Stash. Secret. I totally forgot. I lived in Red Bank I should for yeah. two years. I should know the damn name. Um, the secret stash, and uh, I remember he came out and addressed the crowd. Super nice guy. I have my actually the box of the autographed Funko Pop is right uh, behind me right now. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. we've and, and we also saw a civil war together. And I actually was looking through the group converse and how I remember that is the group conversation that this you know what we were planning the show because we actually do production on the show. Mm, I was just okay. scrolling up to to copy uh, so, and put it into a word document uh, the format. And it went up, and, it said, and Ryan says, I finally get to meet Bill Bodkin. I'm like, when the hell did I meet him? And it's like, there it is. Like, We all went <laughs> the to the Mammoth Mall in Eatontown, New Jersey, to see uh, uh, Captain America Civil War. And we were waiting on you, Al, as we were waiting on Ryan before to show up because you were working at a paper down the Jersey Shore. I was unemployed. Shocked to no one. Uh, <laughs> and then I literally came home to defend Civil War on a podcast with Dan Cohen. Wow. That's, uh, I totally forgot about Civil War. You know what one that I thought we were all together for, but I think Bill wasn't? Was I thought we all saw the Hateful Eight together. I was not because, what year did that come out? Was that 2014? That's 20, maybe 20, hmm, 2016, maybe. I think it's 2016. Yeah, I, no, uh, you got, Ryan, I think you wrote the review for the site. 
Yes, because we yeah. went to go see the latest it was possible 20, showing. Yeah, it was 2015, and I could. Yeah. I remember you guys went, and I'm like, I cannot make it due to work. And yeah, uh, right. didn't we see it at like like one, and like we got out at like four because that's it was, exactly uh, why I didn't go to that. It was yes. the road show. It was <laughs> yeah. the road show. Yeah, because I was working in a very terrible place, and they, I had to be in it at all hours. So I'm like, nope, cannot cannot be up for four hours, and I have a one year old. Oh, Al, you'll uh, miss those days. I, I kind of already do. But um, I just realized that me saying that would, is, a, is actually a, a smooth transition it to our first sex, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Al, seriously. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? So uh, normally uh, it, we have this weird thing. The host never introduces what seriously what the fuck is. It's always <laughs> the co-host. So I'll set the table and I'll uh, I'll make the dinner. Excellent. Thanks. You know. Yeah. So uh, seriously, what the fuck this week? Uh, we didn't have uh, like any serious ones because of like what is happening in the world. Like there was is, actually uh, serious things happening in the world. There was a lot of things that we're still kind of trying to figure out in and the I, world. So. And I, I'm going to talk over you. Uh, is I have to really commend you because we came up, we wanted to come up with something, a show that was a lot lighter, especially for this week, and give it a little bit more of a debate feel just to take everyone's minds off. So, Al, I mean, great job coming up with this one, man. Thank you so much. Um, I It was strange. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Quentin Tarantino, one of lit- legitimately the greatest directors of all time, and one of, uh, personally, all three of ours favorite, one of our favorite directors, um, he was uh, uh, interviewed, I think it was The Playlist, who I can double check, though. Um, the article was literally everywhere. Yes, it, it blew up because uh, he did a podcast um, called The Rewatchables a few months back. And he did a, a, seri- a, a three-episode series. Um, and he was talking about some of, like, like his favorite, most rewatchable movies of, like, you know, the last few years or whatever. And he talked about how... Um, Dunkirk was the second, his second, the Oof. second best movie of uh, the 2010s. And that's, a, I mean, that's a hell of a call, man. It's Oof. a great call. It's a stressful so, movie to watch. I'll tell you that. Oh my god, I did that so and he, Get Out back to back. Whoa. I did not sleep that night. I would never sleep. How'd you even get up from the chair? You were probably just like stiff. Dude, I was, I, it was like, because Dan and I were doing the podcast for the Oscars, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch as many Oscar films as possible. I was drenched in sweat by the end of the night just watching it. Yeah. Because I was, and it was February. So it's like I was stressed. Yeah. Oh, so, so it was premiere was the outlet. So basically, oh, they outlet. followed up. They followed up with like, so if that's the second best what is the number one film of the decade? And he goes like, uh, Bill, you might have the quote in front of you, but he basically said that the social network, um, was the best, like, like hands down the best movie of the decade. Um, which I, and we're talking 2010 through 2019 for those. Correct. Decade is, um, yeah. So, Thank you, Al, for sending all that up. Now, Tarantino, obviously connoisseur of film. We've all seen The Social Network. One of the first film reviews on the site, too, because obviously we started in 2009. Uh, So the first question we have is, and Ryan, since you're our esteemed guest, do you think 
he's right. Um, he's like, fuck, I did not prepare an answer. Well, well real, 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 real quick before Ryan gets into that. He said it's hands down his top choice. It is number one because it's the best. That's all. It crushes all the competition. So that's his direct quote. So, Ryan, to reemphasize again, um, uh, what do you do you agree with uh, your Lord and Savior, Tarantino? Well, like most of the time, I think he is right with this one. He he's it, it's a it's a pretty it, it's a landmark movie to mark a landmark event that changed society, history, everything, politics, anything in name of Facebook has changed the the how humans interact. So yeah, I mean, this movie was pretty it's 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 a it's a weird movie because it, it's it really is it is perfect in a lot of ways it's a movie where you can catch it at any point whenever it's on and you're like i'm in i'm in till the end it's you're, you're coming in with a director cinematographer score actors all top-notch performances nobody nobody misses a mark at all nobody overacts nobody fails to deliver there's so much going on it is just complete bonkers how it was just so perfect everything is just tuned in completely and it's just it's even now today 10 years later almost 10 years to the day right it came out the end of 2010 it's even more relevant with what's going on around the world and washington they're trying to sign sign stuff, uh, sign orders about uh, social media use and fact-checking and everything. It is such a, a paramount thing with the world, and it really will... I can't think of another movie that will mirror the time of the early 21st century, really. It hits hits the mark, and it's really... It's a giant, it made a giant shadow that I don't think we're ever going to get out from, really. With I don't think we're going to get another movie anytime soon that's going to just capture something so eloquently so perfectly just just dead on just just perfect so really if you count from between 2010 and 2019 it is the movie that defines a decade and i would say he is he is right i can't i can't argue another movie that's better than that that's more relevant or just better just perfectly crafted i i totally agree with everything ryan says and i don't even want to get into my answer because it's kind of going to go into what we're talking about next and the whole kind of the crux of this podcast that we're doing for for this segment um and bill do you you can uh let the audience know what's happening um so the next question was what defines the movie of the decade oh i guess i i, I can i can uh i guess yeah, Ryan, we had a few more questions before we got it we did it. we like, did uh, I, I just I didn't want to get too much into the social network as, as just a little precursor of to what, what's coming next. But but I mean I think uh, like you could answer this. I could in totally a general answer. sense. Of course, and Ryan hit a little bit like why this defines the decade is because of the the relevance, right? So, what other movie can you think of that that can come out a decade ago? And if you put it on right now, it is still relevant and Moonlight. not just, yes, but not just like, you know, 
not just like oh it's it's aged well it's it's not it's ageless the social network and i can understand why um he chose that and he he didn't he probably didn't even choose it for the reasons um that we're talking about he might have though he might but he he's he is like a cinephile right and he's talking about he's talking about what ryan said in the beginning is everyone's firing on all cylinders you have you know a oscar uh snubbed worthy performance from um the first one of the first editorials yeah, one of the first editorials yeah. we did on site from our former film editor, Dan Cohen, actually his first article was why the King's Speech will win the Oscar and why that's the wrong choice. Yeah. People, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you look at the King's Speech, which I saw in the theater, it's mm. a good movie. Don't get me wrong. That's a very good film. Go watch the King's Speech. You'll enjoy it. I mean, Colin Firth is amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not the best picture of the year. And, yeah. and the Oscars have gotten it wrong historically before. Like, Entertainment yeah. Weekly has done the re, you know, basically uh, redoing the Oscars. Go, even our own site. Go to, mm-hmm. and the winner still is. That is our retro mm-hmm. Oscar podcast hosted by Marissa Carpico, our film editor, and our former television editor, Matt Taylor. And they talk about, like, when you, in the moment, there, there are years where there is an all-time classic that loses to something else that you don't even think about. Does anyone think about the King's speech? No, no one thinks yeah. about the King's speech. And it's a really good movie. Yeah. But the social network still uh, resonates with all of us. I almost said resonates, which isn't even a word. Yeah. Resonates today. Exactly. And what I'm saying is that I think Tarantino is looking at it from almost an academy perspective of, um, was the acting on point? Was the writing? Was the cinematography? Was this? I don't think he's thinking the cultural significance, like Ryan yeah, has already I said. You. I got you. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this movie defines the decade not only because it's a phenomenal movie, but because of the cultural significance, because really of does. what Facebook has meant to individuals as well as the world. Then and then completely different now but and you see so many people were saying that facebook years ago pays okay after a certain time uh time that it was going to have the myspace treatment it's going to be a fad it's going to phase out it's not going to be a thing um spoiler alert (laughs) still one of the biggest things and how many you know mark zuckerberg how made how many millions or billions during this time of pandemic i mean it's big we, how many shows yeah. do we, you know, you could see shows on, uh, think about what Facebook first was. I don't know if you guys were on the original Facebook or not. I was because, um, no. in 2004 to 2005, I still had my college email address so I could still access it. And it was like, there was nothing there. There was nothing to the Facebook because it was mm-hmm. the Facebook and it had a little like pixelated picture of a man's face. <laughs> And it was, you know, it was like your status was Bill Bodkin is, and it would always be like some weird status. And that's all you could really do. You could share some pictures. You could share a status. There was nothing else you could do with Facebook back in the day. And it was just a rando. It was an upgrade from Friendster, which most people, you guys probably babies when Friendster was around. Meanwhile, I'm in the fucking uh, Rutgers University newspaper working with Brian Fallon, like, you know, on Friendster. And the dudes from Trust Kill Records, 
and um, or MySpace. And we were all because we, we were all MySpace people. We we're all like posting bulletins, and you know, you know, people were putting all sorts of like music on there and shit like that. Your bars yeah. were saying, "Print out your, put us in your top eight, print out, and you get a free uh, entry." You know, Facebook wasn't the thing back in '05, but now it is the. It's an every. It's almost a verb. It's almost yeah. the. It's. I was gonna say. It's almost the only thing. It's become. It's been around for so long now. Generations only know Facebook. The new generations only know Facebook. The seven-year-olds with their phones. Family members now, outside of cell phones and texting, that's how they communicate with each other now. It's something that almost dug itself in, and it's. It's. I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, my in-laws no. were on Facebook. My father was on Facebook. Like, like we, we're seeing senior citizens on Facebook. I, my shoot job in the real world, I'm getting 90-year-olds telling me they're on Facebook. This was supposed to be a college thing. Yeah. And how that evolved. I mean, now we're having a whole social media debate. Al, John, Johnny social media over there. Um, but yeah, so we, we can all agree that culturally... Um, the social network is a, a wildly important movie. Yeah, I can't think of another film, and you said Moonlight. Yes, right. I, and I think that's and a I, hugely important film. I have not seen... Neither have I, but yes. I, I have like just read so much about it. Yeah. I have yeah. listened to the podcasts about it, and it's just... It, 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 that also it talks about an experience that is so within this decade. Mm-hmm. that other films have. Yeah, like, you can make the argument of, like, oh, well, the best movie of the decade is Get Out. Like, it's, you know, oh. it's came out of nowhere. It's got Jordan Peele coming from comedy to make a, you know, groundbreaking horror film. It, it has a, and, and, a, and I think it is one of the best. Yeah, 100%. But as much as I love Get Out, and I'm, as much as it deserves to be on any uh, best of the decade list... I don't think that that film has the cultural significance, the pedigree, I think, that um, The Social Network has. Because you can make a sequel to The Social Network. You can make a series of sequels to The Social Network because of everything that has happened uh, since then, right? We're we're talking about, you know, Facebook um, as, you know, the Facebook in 2010 to the Facebook in 2020 – they they've changed industries. They've changed privacy. They've changed elections. Elections, it's yeah. Bananas. Like how many things have been affected by this? And this thing know, started a, as a, a hot MySpace. or not, a hot or not for like, which was yeah. a site back in the day, uh, a hot or not for college students that Mark Zuckerberg started. Like, like we talk about like you know cultural films. Like there are certain films that uh, define the World War Two uh, generation. There's you, you want to talk about, you know, Easy Rider is a cultural film. Like, this is this is a cultural film. Yeah. And and because and, and it's it in a way that's different from an Easy Rider, which talked about lifestyle, where this talked about the genesis of a site that influences our lives by the second. And and that's the thing, it, it, and it does a great job of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go from there because I think we're all in lockstep with, with that. Yeah, we're now going to talk about our own 
top five of the decade, which is, again, we're defining as 2010 through 2019. Now, yeah. these are based... I was going to say, I just wanted to preface that it is uh, it is almost June, and we are like, you know what, guys? Let's talk about the best films. We of, should have been talking about it six months ago, and we did no, no, no. on the PopBreak.com. Yeah. Yes. Um, we so, have to preface that. So we are talking about our personal preference, our favorites. Yeah. If you want, like, expert intellectual analysis – Go check out And the Winner Still Is or the Way Too Early Oscar podcast uh, with Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Though they examine film in such a beautiful and intellectual and societal way. We're just talking the about opposite, movies. We, opposite yeah, of the us. opposite of what we're yeah. doing. We're just talking about shit we love. <laughs> Our personal favorites. If, if people and, were going, no, if we were he... famous and we were Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all hyper caffeinated slash coked up, um, but allegedly, um, we would be saying talk about these films. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk. We're each going to go around every, for every position. So first, we're going to have our honorable mention, a film that didn't make our top five, but it's our honorable mention. Ryan, our guest, please start us off. Uh, I think. Uh, my honorable mention I actually was going to be is it's get out the uh, my honorable mention because I, to me it was a film that came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I of course watched, you know, Key and Peele and everything I followed, you know, Jordan Peele, not literally, that's weird, but like, you know, like on throughout the uh, his his uh, upcomings as a comedic talent and everything. And then uh, all of a sudden he's flipping it on his ear and he's going to do a, a horror suspense thriller um, about uh, about race and about all this sort of uh, this political commentary. And, you know, you have to be like, oh, OK, let's see what happens. And just bam, just it's this crazy, just clever, li- cleverly little disguised, like little horror film what, that really paints a bigger picture. And it's it was something it was a movie that definitely by the end of the year you you were thinking about it. It was top notch performances by 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 the cast. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, who ended up going on to Black Panther and everything, and of course Bradley Whitford, Catherine Keener, um, all amazing performances. Everything everybody was dialed in to eleven. There, it was just a just a terrific turnout and a huge surprise. I think that's most of the. That that was a huge part of of just enjoying the film, just really just uh, just mind blown. I loved it completely. That's my honorable mention for this decade, this past decade. Check out our interview with Get Out star Allison Williams on thepopbreak.com. So, Al, what's your honorable mention for the for the decade? This was actually harder than doing the top five because there's so many movies I so want to talk many. about. So, so many. many. I'm no. gonna just briefly talk about and then i'll get to my (laughs) then i'll get to my honorable mention i I just i want to i always have to give shout outs to these movies because they never get as much love as they deserve that that was that was a question i was going to ask you both i said what is a what is a movie that you love universally that you just to to your dying breath you will be defending forever because everybody shits on point break Duh. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's, oh, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> does it have to be a, of the decade or just in general? Well, I mean, I feel like a, 
I was about to say a lot of movies came out this decade, but like, you know, like a, a lot of like, I, I don't know, like maybe, but like, I was just a question I was thinking, but go ahead. Cause I feel like you were about to say something. You're like, <laughs> it's, it's sucks, okay. We I, cut Al off all the time. It, it, it should be a, it should be a drinking game. Uh, well, we've off. already seen what happens. There are so many good fucking movies that came out and like ones that I would put on my list. I don't think would end up on like maybe the best of no, in the top ten. It's your favorite. So, Even real, 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 real quick. I'm just gonna say a couple that I love. Uh, Pop star, never, uh, never stop, never stopping. Fucking great. Is phenomenal. Um, the raid redemption and raid two are fucking the... amazing. Wait, wait. Which one is the raid redemption? Is that the first? The raid redemption. The, the first the, one. The building oh, uh, one. For, oh, the raid redemption is amazing. Yeah, it was the raid. Um, but when they um when yeah. they translated to American, it was uh the the raid redemption, and then right. just have the you raid seen the raid? Film. Oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah! Oh, I, so I, amazing. We actually, um, uh, our uh, producer of the podcast, Lucas Jones, Lucas we introduced Jones, him brother. to the raid. We introduced him to the raid with a double feature of the raid oh. and dread. I still haven't yeah. seen dread. Dread's fantastic. I know. Yeah. I love Carl. Dread, Dreads. And Seriously. I saw the original Dredge Dread in theaters. Oh man! Sorry. <laughs> hey, dude. I was ninety-five. I was in high. Okay. I was young. And and the the, the last mini. Uh, honorable mention is Paddington 2. I love that fucking movie. Somewhere Matt Kelly yeah. at Nando V Movies and yeah. George Heffler, host of Little Horror House in Philadelphia uh, are both like sacrificing yeah. a goat in your name. Yes. It's 100% accurate. The movie's phenomenal. Okay. Honorable mention. So I tried not to put so many comic book movies in my top five, so uh, but I did. Arino and and- yeah, so uh, honorable mention, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Fuck, um, I didn't even realize it came out. Shit. Yeah. Still, so, honorable mention. Why, why is this an honorable mention for one of the greatest uh, movies uh, the, the last decade? Oh. oh, man. Let's talk because. I love this off, movie so much. First off, not to just talk about the great casting and acting and writing, blah, blah, blah. This brings Anthony and Joe Russo out of television and into the MCU. They give us uh, eventually uh, Captain America Civil War and then Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. um, Some of the best films of the MCU. The Winter Soldier is uh, one of the first times um, in the MCU where we got the blend of different genres. So you get the comic book movie mixed with the 70s spy thriller. Um, It's it is a super, super rewatchable movie. And as Ryan said, with The Social Network, if it's on television, it doesn't matter what part it's on. Uh, I'm watching it. Like, uh, I could be the, the end scene in the helicarrier, or it could be on your left, right in the beginning. I'm in. I dude, fucking love this movie. Dude. So, when my daughter was born in 2016, it was on uh, Winter Soldier was on Stars. And so, mm-hmm. I was up a lot of late nights. I watched Winter Soldier in the first, like, four months of her life 30 times. Yeah. Easily. And you're Never still waiting. You can yeah. watch it right now, right? Dude, I, I well, first off, you're casting Robert Redford, who, the star of my father's favorite movie, The Sting, which, have you guys ever seen The Sting? Love The Sting. Love The Sting. Fucking great. Al, you will love The Sting. Have you ever seen an Ocean's watch. movie and loved it? Oh, yeah, obviously. This is the blueprint to the Ocean's movies. But better, in my opinion. 
you know, God. nominated for an Oscar, by the way, for Best Picture. Um, oh. Is he the Sundance Kid? He's the Sundance Kid, too. He's not Butch Cassidy. Yeah. No, Butch Cassidy's Paul Newman. That's Paul uh, Newman, yeah. My mom's all-time heartthrob, outside of Tom Selleck, uh, Robert Redford. Shout-out to Doris Bodkin. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, she'll never listen to this, because I will never no. send her any of these. Because no, uh, I'm about to go, I'm about to ask another question, go downstairs, get another refill of my drink. Um, but yeah, Winter <laughs> Soldier is amazing. <laughs> it's uh, shout out to Luke Calamar who reviewed the film mm-hmm. and hounded me to death to watch the film because obviously I had a kid coming, I couldn't watch the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I watched it amazing. Winter Soldier, I think one of my favorite MCU movies of all time. It's the one that so, I always say is the best MCU. It is legitimately the best one. I think also most, uh, the most uh, accessible if you're not a comic book movie person. I no, I don't know about that. I disagree. In my opinion, it's not, it doesn't no, it doesn't feel like a comic book. But I feel like if you're talking about accessibility, it's still a sequel, right? It's still like there's yeah, but you can you, watch you don't that know movie. about Cap. Yeah, no, Everyone I'm saying, knows like, Captain America, can, though. I know, but, like, I think First Avenger, the first uh, two-thirds of that movie are, like, some of the best MCU you get. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. It's you're so right. good. But if you're going to, like, it's take, so take a non-comic book movie fan, mm-hmm. drop them into any MCU film in that Avenger. Black Panther. To me, I think it's Winter Soldier first. It's Black, Black Panther is also an indictable... It's, I'll talk about that later. It's it's Black Panther. I think it's Black Panther because um, it's so self self sustained, right? Yeah. And I think Ant Man is the same way. Yeah. Obviously, Iron Man kind of oh. kicks it all off too. But like Ant Man is, you know, you can just say, Ant-Man's oh, it's a comedy like, with Paul Rudd. You don't even have to tell him it's a superhero. Well, he, he does. He does face Falcon at that one point. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you could say that with any any of the movies. But you, you know, know, you also re- got Redford. You got the, uh, uh, dude. I can never stop thinking about in Winter Soldier, the Samuel L. Jackson car scene yeah. shootout. Yeah, I love that scene so much where he's that, like that all bloodied up and he's trying to figure pounding. ways out. Chef's kiss. Yeah. No. It's pounding. Yeah. It's. I'm glad you guys like like this pick. I I absolutely adore this movie. I, it, I'm it's, kicking myself in the. In the in the face <laughs> for not picking it. Um, yeah. So this I, is the, I'm, we, I'm next. sorry. I want to hear what you're saying, Bill. All right. So obviously, I'm going to put Winter Soldier in there as well. Uh, it, I love that movie. I could watch it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So good. Don't need to go any further in it because it's great. Um, one movie that got bounced from my top five at the last second was Rise of Skywalker. Uh, no, sorry, not at the Rise of Skywalker. Jesus Christ, Bill. The Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens. Force Awakens. No, I've seen that movie a that lot. Scared, that scared me a little. No, no, I'm sorry. The Rise of Skywalker was, was fine. I don't I love that. I was going to go with that. Yeah. And I, I love The Last Jedi, but if I'm talking rewatchability, The Last Jedi is amazing. And if you have are just like, eh, Ryan Johnson, go watch Ryan Johnson films. Start with Brick with Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, amazing. Uh, amazing. So go wait. watch Brothers Bloom. Go watch Looper. Cause that, well, because now you've mixed up three movies. So are you talking about Last Jedi, Brian Johnson? <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm just saying, like, I love Last Jedi, but it's not my favorite. Oh, okay. Is, is Force Awakens. Because uh, Force Awakens 
just has this, and Al, I saw it with you, um, has this such a nostalgia factor. It re it kicked off the whole Disney Star Wars universe, for lack of a better term, which brought us the Mandalorian, which is one of the great TV series of the last twenty years. Um, the Rise of, I mean, Force Awakens is just so fun. It's very reminiscent of the first one. People, you know, a lot of douchier people say, well, it's just a carbon copy of the first one. Who cares? It's fun. It introduces Ray, who is such a great character. I love Daisy Ridley as Ray. Um, and I love John Boyega. There's so much great stuff to watch in this movie. It's just of the three new, of the, tr- the new trilogy, I'll just say, of those three movies, this is the best one. This is the most rewatchable one. I love this film. Um, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the other movie I watched a million times when my kid was born, and that's the Lego movie. Um, the Lego movie was amazing. It introduced us to Lord Miller. It, the the animation's groundbreaking. It's so clever. It's so funny. It's so rewatchable. Um, it's phenomenal. I love that movie. Uh, but that's not my honorable mention. My honorable mention goes to a film that nearly makes me pee my pants every time I watch this movie in laughter. And it's not Bridesmaids, which is another, it was almost on my list as well. It's Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Spy, <laughs> Alice flipping the table. I don't know if he likes it or he hates it. That's uh, an amazing movie. I oh love that movie. Ah. So, so quotable. So if you have never seen Spy, you were... Just look at this picture of Jason Statham on my shirt right First here. Off, Just... If you have never seen Spy, <laughs> stop this podcast. Go watch it. Melissa McCarthy and Jason Statham are comedic genius and Roseburn, I'm sorry, comedic genius in this film. I have watched this film so many times. FX plays, plays it all the time. Go watch it. It's amazing. You will laugh so hard. It's just, it's ludicrous the dialogue at times. Like, you <laughs> don't understand that this is real words being said by people. Like, there's this one part where she says, I just want to call you Mr. Bag of Dicks. <laughs> I've heard that line so many times. And you can't watch it on FX, by the way. You have to watch it unedited. The Mr. Bag of Dicks thing kills me. Melissa McCarthy has done some great movies in the last 10 years. The Heat was amazing. Like I said, Bridesmaids was amazing. Um, what's the one she did with... Um, Kristen Bell. Was that the boss? I don't know. The boss, I think it's called. Yeah, that's that's a super funny one. I gotta tell you that Spy just like is the, the gift that keeps on yes, it is the boss. 2016. Got it. Spy is the gift that keeps on giving. Go back, watch it. There are so many quotable things from Jason Statham in this film. Jason Statham has (laughs) never been better. I don't care what anyone wants to tell you about the transporter or any fucking action movie he's been in. (laughs) This is hand him an Oscar because he is 
perfection in this film. Melissa McCarthy, perfection in this film. Rose I would be Byrne, okay. did, they did perfection in this film. It is this one of the funniest movies of the last ten years. It makes me weep with laughter. I love this film. I'm thinking about so many scenes I could talk about right now. And it's just so great. Like, stop this podcast. Go watch Spy. It'll Like, everything is shit in this world right now. Spy will make you laugh and forget about it for two hours. I am waiting for Spy 2. And I hope 50 Cent Pieces in it. Because anyone who's seen that knows what I'm talking about. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I watched the woman I love get tossed from a plane and hit by another plane midair. I drove a car off a freeway on top of a train while it was on fire. Not the car. I was on fire. Uh, he's just so... face-off he machine. Just, he got his just, arm yeah. chopped off and he sewed it yeah. on. Yeah. Like, the, this arm has been... I'm just reading quotes now. This arm has been ripped off completely and reattached with this fucking arm. <laughs> It's like, it's like, and like, listen, there's other great movies from the last 10 years, like, and there are other great comedies, and we're missing them. I get it, but Spy, oh my god, guys, Spy is so fucking good. I mean, that's what it takes for a really funny movie. You need someone who takes themselves very seriously saying ridiculous funny shit. It's the greatest Statham role ever, because it's just like, it subverts everything about Statham. I love Alice and Janney, and it's written by, and I kick myself. So hard by a former classmate of mine. She wrote Ooh. Spy and she wrote The Heat, and her name's gonna escape me right now. Well, she might not be a she was a Rutgers journalism grad. So hold on one second. I got it. I got it. Secret fact of Bill Botkin. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, no, it said Paul uh, Paul Feig was the writer. Oh, hold on. Who wrote The Heat then? She's in it. Uh, the Heat, which I watched for the first time the other day, funny. That was, that was pretty good, too. I got to watch it. Oh, The Heat heard, is amazing. And that's 2013. That, like, scene, that scene where they Dippold. were Bill Burr's in it. Oh, my God. Katie, what was her name? Katie Dippold, who's a Rutgers journalism grad. She wrote um, – hold on, hold on. She, she also wrote – she was in Spy as an actress. Uh, but I thought she wrote it. So my apologies. Uh, <laughs> no. No, no, she, yeah, she didn't write that. I apologize. She's a co-writer on Ghostbusters, Snatched, and The Heat, and she was a Parks and Rec writer. Um, amazing. It was so great. I love I love that movie so much. So that's awesome. a that's a great pick. You you kick yourself about uh, uh, Winter Soldier. I I kick myself a little bit about Spy. Yeah. I, I love that movie. So Pretty let's good. so let's go to number five. Your number five pick. While I go downstairs to get myself another beverage. Uh, Rye, what's what's your uh, d- number five? All right, number five, the nice guys. All right, good. I haven't seen it, so go fuck yourself. Fucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I knew it. I knew That's it. A great one. Yeah. Oh, so, all right. Why is yeah. the nice guys number five? Okay, the nice guys. If you haven't seen it, it's a Shane Black written and directed movie. Shane Black, who has done, who has been involved with Lethal Weapon, uh, Predator. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, eighty prop, eighties properties until he started getting his own movies in the nineties with uh, Last Boy Scout, uh, and of course Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, which led to Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, sort of catapult back to stardom or restardom. Uh, so 
the uh, Nice Guys was uh, a few years ago. I think it was 20, 2016, I want to say, 2016, 2017, with Ryan Gosling, uh, Russell Crowe, uh, as Ryan Gosling is a private detective or a private private investigator um, who's kind of down on his luck. He's a drunk. Um, he's a single father. And he sort of collides with Russell Crowe, who sort of beats people up. <laughs> he's sort of he's sort of a he's sort of a this a guy you don't want to deal with. If somebody pays him to do a job, he's going to do it. So these two guys get together in a uh, sort of a, a conspiracy involving the the uh, motor vehicle company. And <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, it's Which like I Bill have said, not. You have not seen, okay? Dude, so, I've tried, and like Al dog shames me constantly about this one movie, and I feel bad. And I'm gonna watch it. I swear to God, I'm gonna watch okay. this movie. I'm, I love Bill, film noir. So, I love Crow. I love Gosling. I gotta watch it. Bill, yeah, it, it is. It is just. It, it's almost. It's spy like almost in the way because Ryan Gosling says all this ridiculous shit and Russell Crowe is just, he's the, he's the, he's the steady guy. He's a kind of, he just, everything bounces off him. He has a couple good lines. Um, I just am thinking of all the shit that they go through now with the, <laughs> I can't even die. Or <laughs> I, I don't think I can die. And then the Richard Nixon uh, story that the, the <laughs> there's so many good parts and it's, it takes place in the seventies. So it kind of, it's like a, a nice little retro sort of throw in there, but it's it's just it's a movie that ha- that blends comedy and just action really well because there's a lot of great great side characters in there that interact and it's a really decent it's an interesting story interesting sort of mystery that Ryan Gosling's on that him and and Russell Crowe have to kind of figure out so yeah during the journey though there's just so many. There's so many classic scenes. I know Al was watching it recently, maybe a few few months ago, and a few minutes tell- ago. Few yeah, minutes. Was, I think it was a, a legitimately a few weeks ago. And okay. the what do you think about Ron Gosling's last uh, his decade? You have La La Crushed. Land, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which almost made my list. Another great fucking movie. I, I just told Al, by the way, what he just got, what he's possibly rumored for now. Because uh, he might Wolf be the Man. next Wolfman. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, he had Ides of March, Crazy Stupid Love, Drive. I mean, those are some great movies. Yeah, I, he had a killer 2011. I figured that was going to be on your list anyway, Al. No, it's it's. I have a Drive poster right behind me. It's not surprising. That's shocking. I know. So number number five uh, to 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 hold the bottom of my list is the is the Nice Guys. If you haven't seen it. Um, and you like Shane Black, you like comedy and like mysteries and sort of like a detect a light detective story. Um, go watch it. It's 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 a good time and you won't regret it. That that is a guarantee. Also, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from uh, Shane Black and Light Detective Stories. Man. Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a classic. But <laughs> that was. Oh no, um, that's well before the, this. Decade. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's uh, Robert Downey Jr. pre Iron Man and Val Kilmer. Why are you wet? I was with the mermaids. What were you doing while I was working? <laughs> oh, God damn it. I'm going to go watch that like right now, and I can't because yeah. I need to sleep. You have to be on this podcast. And, and that's that too. Um, You're I'm so much so more awake, by the way, than you were last week as a host. I know. I'm so upset that I forgot that that came out because I actually have uh, retroactively put that as my number five. 
I got the fuck did you forget? Because I'm a big idiot. You talk about that movie every week to me. It's a great movie, and you need to fucking watch it. I know. Um, so <laughs> I will. I guess I'll go with my my number my previous number five because that is now my new number five. But uh, the one I had uh, as a placeholder because I kind of I was thinking about um, recent movies that kind of like hit yeah. me in a way that. You know, a lot of the movies that I have on here are from earlier in the decade. Uh, I was like, has anything, like, hit me in the way that those movies have? And the only one that really came to mind was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, um, that, that barely missed my honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I haven't done a rewatch on it, that's why. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, uh, I posted about... I posted about this, this, this news article, and someone said, Tarantino has made three films that are better in that decade than social network. And I just, I said, I, I disagreed. Yeah. I disagreed, but I said that Hollywood would probably make my top 10. And I was thinking about it more and more. And I was like, man, it is such a long, so long good. movie, but I feel so happy watching it because yeah. it's, it's the most un Tarantino movie that he has ever done. It's kind of like, it is his, like, swan song in a way. It's his and, most, uh, in my review of it, sorry to shamelessly no, promote no. myself, is it was his most original or unique film because it wasn't a genre pick. Like, Django was a, a Western. Like, Bastards mm-hmm. was a World War II pick. This mm-hmm. was a, you know, set in the 60s, but it was a very different type of film. Yeah, it's a hangout movie. That, that's how that, that people, a lot of people describe it as a hangout movie. Like you're 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 going in and you're hanging out with these three characters, these three main characters. Uh, if you want to talk about cast, I mean, this has to be one of the greatest casts of all time. It, it's the first film that that puts Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt uh, in the same film. You have uh, Margot Robbie is the is the third lead, and then it's just like a, a who's who of Tarantino. Um, you know, uh, supporting players. You got Kurt Russell, and then uh, you know. Um, I wish it had been Burt Reynolds. Yes, Bruce yeah. Burnie, Bruce Dern. We talked uh, about Burt Reynolds on our last podcast. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce Dern obviously is in as well, but then you have people like um, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant plays a great role in as well. Um, I cannot and wait yeah, for, for his Mando. I can't. I cannot wait. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you definitely know what the movie is at this point. It's it's um, a, st- a story of a uh, a Hollywood actor, former TV uh, TV actor, who's trying to make it into like uh, he's like on his. It's he's, well, it's like, more, the he's tail a former end of film actor TV. trying to make it in TV. Right? No, no, no. He had a, a lot TV, of films. No, he was a TV actor. He had he had Bounty Law. That he was a TV star. That's who right. was trying to make the transition into um, into uh, feature films and, and, and more mainstream television, but it's like right around um, the like the tail end of the 60s and the, the hippie movement and uh, you know he's that. he's on he's on the tail end of his career and the, the Italian movies. The Italian movies, oh, yeah. And, uh, I love that. I wish I would, like, when I get my garage finished off, I want some of those posters in my house. Exactly. And uh, then uh, uh, Brad Pitt is his stuntman, and Margot Robbie plays one of the only, like, actual characters uh, who's a real-life character. I mean, um, she plays uh, the late Sharon Tate, and it takes place, this whole story, 
uh, over uh, like three different days, I believe. Ryan, you can quote, yeah, three days. I believe it's three um, days, yeah. Three different days, and it's basically um, right, like kind of surrounding the Manson murders. And I remember, I mean, all of us were talking about like, what the hell is this movie going to be? For yeah. the longest time, because we knew about it forever, and this is something that he's been working on for years and years and years. Yeah. And then what we got was something we completely didn't think we'd get. We thought we were going to get like a bloody Manson murder movie from Tarantino yeah, with two of the greatest actors of all time. Movie. Well, and he, sets it, he sets it up pretty ingenious. Like that part, the middle part, midway through the movie, where Brad Pitt's at the um, at the ranch, and you're like, oh, you're like everybody's expect. Oh fuck, Brad Pitt's going to get. He's going to get fucking murdered right now, but like. Turned it on his head. Completely. Yeah, uh, he did the and, opposite of what a Tarantino would do normally. Mark's. I think that Mark's. Honestly, DiCaprio's like. It, it sounds weird because he's so old now. No, he's not so, he's not so old. Uh, he's, you know, uh, just saying he's Roughly so. Roughly my so, age. Thanks, Ryan. He's so old as shit. I'm I'll just saying. He's far into the game where he just. I feel like this movie sort of solidified him in a lot of other ways as as kind of one of our only real movie stars we have today, honestly. Yeah, that's that's definitely been thrown his way. And Brad Pitt. I mean, there's Brad very Pitt. few movie stars left. I mean, I, you could say like Will Smith. Um, yeah. On the female side, I, that, that changes by the day. I, yeah, but I was going to say like Brad Pitt, um, he Which like got sweats. got his first Oscar. Brad, yeah, Brad Pitt swept. I would have given the, it to Moneyball. Money, he was Fuck, Moneyball. Was Moneyball in this last ten years? It wasn't. I don't believe so. Oh, I'm gonna check because Moneyball. Moneyball might be 2010. Motherfucker, is it really? Hold oh, on. shit, it's 2011. Oh, <laughs> Moneyball is great. Why didn't we research before this? Honorable no. mention. Because the world. So, yeah. So. um... Yeah, Brad Pitt swept all of the Best Supporting Actor knobs. He's fucking the coolest motherfucker in this movie. Oh, like, sure. like Brad Pitt, like is already like the definition of like cool. But this is the thing. Like, this is the movie that people are gonna say, oh, you know, he's as cool as Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, that's gonna be the the go to thing so at this cool. point. He may have killed his wife, and we don't really care. We don't know. We don't fucking know. Do I care? Did Cliff? Did Cliff kill his wife? We, we have no idea. Um, I just love this movie because when I put it on, I feel like I'm hanging out with these characters and I feel like I'm on like this, just this fun ride with these two basically like, this, this, the bromance between Pitt and, yeah. and, and DiCaprio is. Did they ever it, come it, up with that extended cut for Netflix? That's still something they were talking about. So, you know, it's Tarantino, it's a super long movie. And he was talking about, um, uh, additional footage that he filmed. There's stuff right. with, uh, with, uh, Madsen? no, not Madsen. Um, what's his name from uh, the, the, the one who sounds like Bobcat Goldthwaite when he's dying. <laughs> oh, in, in, in Reservoir Dogs, the, the fucking <laughs> the, the rat, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Tim, Tim Roth, uh, Tim Roth, you know, Think acclaimed <laughs> actor Tim Roth, who's been in a whole bunch of shit, obviously, out of your terrible description. The guy who sounds like Bob Cagolwaith. Oh, was my gosh. <laughs> like, dude. Oh my gosh. That's your go-to. Guys. He was in Pulp Fiction. Again. Watch well, that scene again. He's He was on that show Lie to Me. Who remembers that yeah. show at Fox? Literally he's only Ryan knows the show. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and yeah, and I'm about to cut a, you off on this one, man, because you didn't remember fucking Tim Roth. I'm telling you right now, go fucking watch that scene and tell me I'm wrong. 
<laughs> I will. I mean, it's like we've disagreed a million times. Tell me I am wrong. Uh, oh, it's my yeah. turn for number five. No, no, I'm sorry, but I was just going to finish the sentence. Uh, Tim Roth, there was more of Tim Roth. He, was in, he wasn't in the movie at all. Apparently no, they, they filmed a bunch with him. And he, there's, like, scenes with him um, yeah. and uh, other stuff that he just plays, didn't make uh, the butler of the man Sharon yes. Tate's um, hanging with and the actor's name is going to at this point. He was in Into yes. the Wild. So, one, hopefully one day we get to see the extended cut hit Netflix or uh, another streaming platform. It was like supposed to be Netflix originally. You know, yeah, I thought it was supposed to happen this year. But. He has to deal with them. He did the uh, the uh, the hateful eight, which we talked about. I think last last week. Last week. Yes, we did. Yeah. With uh, uh, Bill, what's your what's your pick? We I'm going to keep it asking. short uh, because it's almost like this movie kind of explains itself. It's Black Panther. I nice. mean, the movie, like you just mentioned previously, is if you're going to drop someone into the MCU, one of the first films you're going to drop them into is Black Panther because it's one of the most accessible. It's amazing. Um. I love Michael B. Jordan in this film. I think he should have been nominated for an Oscar for this film as Eric Killmonger. Um, as Al just leaves as I talk about a comic book movie. Um, but I think it's it's honestly, it's just, I remember seeing this probably about a month out from its release on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And it was a matinee sold out. And that spoke to just the, the staying power of this movie. There's very few movies that's come out over the last 10 years that has had the box office impact, the cultural impact that Black Panther has. It spoke to, yeah. it spoke to so many people, unlike any comic book movie. And it was an, an, an awesome movie. I loved it. The visuals were great. The action was great. Just, just so much good stuff that happened with this film. Um, it's it's such a rewatchable film. I mean, it's an Aguerrera from The Walking Dead. But this made her as just basically like, hey, you could leave The Walking Dead whenever you want. Um, she was amazing. It was so many great supporting characters. I love Black Panther. And it, it was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. So... It makes my top five. I love this movie. Awesome. Uh, I think it's the last MCU film I actually watched. Because I'm on record as I haven't watched a lot of MCU films since because I kind of got um, left back out. You're on mute. And um, it's just a great movie. It's it, it's one of the best of the decade, man. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Can't wait for Black Panther 2. It, it's going to be great. It's such a good movie. Yeah. And sure. uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Black Panther, man, if you just put some joy in your life, go watch Black Panther. So, Brian, yeah. let's move on to number four for you. What would that be? So, number four. Okay, so, <clears throat> so I kind, I kind of, I looked at my list and I, I wanted to make it kind of well-rounded. I didn't want to do too much of this, too much of that. So originally, I was going to go with other guys. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Good, good choice. But so I good. stayed, in, I stayed in the Adam McKay family. I went with The Big Short. Which, which we talked about last week. Did you? Okay. Yes, well, Al, Al oh, is a big – and I've seen parts of it. haven't seen the whole thing through. I will. Don't worry. Right. I've watched it twice during the quarantine. So, you know twice. what? I, I, I just recently watched it too. It's just so – you know what? It, it's masterfully done because it, it's weird because Adam McKay, he's kind of moving up as this powerhouse director, which is nuts because, you know, you just don't – because he's – uh, is he uh, one of the founders of Funny or Die? I don't remember. I know it's him and Will Ferrell 
but like I, yeah, I know. Oh, well, he's so, uh, that's a, what was it, Gloria Sanchez, and what's the other character? What's the other production? Gary, Gary, Gary Sanchez. Sanchez. Why? Well, which I don't know if he is even a thing anymore, but regardless. So yeah, he's moving up with these with these. Inc- he has this just this talent, and you can see a little bit of it in the other guys when he's talking about Love the Madoffs and everything. So I I just I love this movie because it takes this subject which which I thought was appropriate for a time like this. You're kind of we're going through this this period right now where it's shitty if you walk out your door. This movie takes a whole event, the housing crisis, the housing mortgage crisis of 2008, 2009, and it really it makes it something that is uh fun you know, it pokes fun at it. It makes a parody of it. And if you don't, if you've never seen it, it's a movie about hedge fund investors uh, led by Steve Carell, um, Ryan Gosling again, uh, Christian Bale. He's not an investor. He's like a data. He's like a data geek. And he, they kind of can see this. They can kind of see this crisis coming. Uh, and they try to, they try to stop it with their, with their means. I won't go into it because that's the, reason you should watch the movie but they go into and they go into their means and they explain it along the way with these ingenious little cuts cutaways with celebrities showing you like graphs and like these like models they kind of like paint you like a like an easy picture with crayons like just letting you know the disaster that was ahead and they do it in such an ingenious witty just comedic way that's just brilliant and mckay has that eye that wit that really is sharp that it's going to get him an Academy Award one day. Like he, he has this act to just take, take this material that it's like, how the fuck are you going to make a movie out of this? And he does it. And so on top of, on top of Adam McKay, who I'm praising, um, the material is rock solid and just what he does with it is amazing. The cast is incredible. Again, it's another movie. If, you know, if I'm if it's 40 minutes in and I'm catching it, I'm gonna watch it all the way to the end. It's just something that you just have to watch, and you walk away with it's only it's it's a comedic history lesson, and it's just so worth your time. I couldn't recommend it enough. That is my number four. Bill, have you seen The Big Short? I haven't seen all of it. Uh, the scene I okay. did see, which really, uh, and there are a lot of people who criticize The Big Short for being too talk down to people, dumbs dumb stuff down for people. By the way. The fucking other guys came out in this decade too. God, that movie is so good. I knew it. Yeah, I knew highly it. recommend that film. Oh man, and that is the most quotable movie I think of the decade for, for me and Ryan. Did my first desk <laughs> yeah. pop. Every time desk I get my pop? wife, I get my the wife. Hell? That's I, not real. I get my wife. I'm a peacock. I get my wife uh, the Arnold Palmer like and it's like the half and Arnie Palmy alert. Who wants an Arnie Palmy? <laughs> I did every yeah. time. Or what's the you, other one I you do? Know what I was, you know what I was saying? When uh, I, I was growing facial hair, which is, if you believe it or not, I can. It's the same facial yeah. hair you've always had. Yeah. If, from face <laughs> down here, you might think I'm very hairy from my oldest face, but neck down, shaved. <laughs> I always like, sometimes you got to creep. Creep. Uh, creep. Or ain't too no brown one, the bag. Nope. No one says creep twice without directly referencing TLC. Chris Gath- former uh, Pop Break interviewee Chris Gethard. <laughs> Love Gethard. He's in um, that. And uh, I tried out for an improv group with him, and I had to do it in front of him once back in college. The reason I asked the big short, uh, the scene where Carell listens to his brother commit suicide. Ooh, that's rough. Uh, that's the only scene I've seen of that. Well, I've seen like the beginning to up to that point, and that 
seen uh, just like levels. Here is the reason why I think you will love the movie. No, I Not, trust me. I've had that recommendation from a lot of people. So listen, just just from Ryan's recommendation alone, and uh, the whole Adam McKay of it all, and the casting is great. You mentioned one of the greatest movies of all time, Moneyball. Same author. Michael Lewis wrote the book yes, for The Big did. Short, and he wrote Moneyball, and he also wrote The Blind Side. Um, as a former uh, Barnes & Noble employee, I knew all of this. Yes, um, so that's that should be enough for you to, it, uh, to watch it. So uh, what is your number four pick, Al? Man, just hearing these movies and also the money. And the money ball of it all is making me like really change my list. I love but this one so much. It is the best sports movie fuck I uh, love of all time. Fuck anyone who says anything differently. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Um, my pick for number four is Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse. Oh, I don't even have that on my list, and it was so good. good. Choice. There's so it many is... Pixar films too. I want to put. And that's the thing too is like I grew up on Pixar movies. Like I was, I, I was did. four when Toy Story came out. Ugh, four, fuck you, right? Ninety five. Yeah. yeah. So I was like prime and ready for like sure. the Pixar movies. Like that's my generation of of animated films. When I think animated films, you know, it's yeah, the Disney classics, um, and then the start of computer animation. Like uh, one of my favorite movies, and also a John Lasseter movie pre Pixar. Uh, the Brave Little Toaster. I fucking love that movie. I fucking love that movie. It's a great movie. That's like a, one of you the first, us? like... Sophie's watching that tomorrow. There you go. So, I don't know if that's on Disney+, Plus, by the way. I'll find it. You better find it. I better. It's um, so good. The Electric Blanket was always my favorite. <laughs> so, I always loved... I love animated movies, um, especially now that I have a son. Like, I can introduce him to a lot of the Pixar movies and so things great. like that. One of the first movies he watched uh, was... Because he was born in November of last... Two years ago. One of our first movies it's were both so The Winter so Soldier long. and The Lego Movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the first movies he watched when he was like a few months old was uh, uh, my Blu-ray copy of Spider-Verse. And he was enthralled the whole time. By the way, his name, uh, he's named after Spider-Man. His name is Parker. Um, it is groundbreaking. And to... dressed like Peter Porker. Yes. So, At a Comic-Con. Right. At a Comic-Con. Because of Spider-Verse. Um Groundbreaking doesn't oh, doesn't God damn it. doesn't say anything about this movie. It is beyond. They it is the first time that I saw a comic book adapted to the screen, and it felt like a comic book. Oh. And they did it, and it almost instantaneously when the movie starts, it literally says approved by the comics code. Which for anyone who's ever picked up a comic book, yep. in the top right corner you would see that that. Since like the fifties, uh, they had to have the approval code. I uh, the like 60s. you were talking about the nice guys running back and watching that. I want to watch Spider Verse. Yeah, because I love uh, I have, Jake Johnson. I haven't even talked about it yet. Like I'm just talking I know, about like it's such a great movie. Yeah, it is. So I mean, yeah, um, it is the story of. Um, it's not the Spider Man story that everyone is used to. It's not Peter Parker getting bit by the spider and Uncle Ben dying and him, you know, taking on the mantle of Spider Man. It's another Spider-Man and other Spider-Men people. And, and it, uh, you know, it's about Miles Morales, the um, a half black, half Hispanic uh, kid in high school, uh, in like middle school, high school, um, who becomes 
um, Spider-Man and learns from uh, an alternate dimension, Peter Parker and the Spider-Verse. They find out that there are other Spider-Men in different, um, different universes, including, including, uh, Spider-Gwen is introduced, uh, who is uh, Haley Steinfeld, I believe, is the uh, the voice actress for Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen, or Ghost Spider, because she's been renamed recently. Um, and we also get a, a hilarious reaction <laughs> of uh, Peter Porker from uh, Mr. John Mulaney and Spider-Man Noir from Goddamn Nicolas Cage, which is probably the best, one of the best parts of the movie outside of uh, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker. Man, and you have Chris Pine as Peter Parker, too. Without giving anything away, there's like a few Peter Parkers. Um, there's so many great things about this movie. I'm, I'm talking about the casting. We're not even talking about uh, Lee Schreiber's like devastatingly great Kingpin too. Yeah. Uh, so it's phenomenal. Uh, the animation is is next level. Produced by um, Lord and Miller, who we could have easily put 21 or 22 Jump Street on this list as well. Oh yeah. These so Fantastic good. comedies, and, and 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 as Bill already mentioned, the Lego Movie, um, and we talked about all last uh, last week was they were supposed to direct the uh, the Solo Movie, but they got fired in the midst of production. I would uh, like to see them get a Star Wars movie again. Nah, they're not. They're, they're not. But I would like that. It's not going to happen. Oh. It's, they should create their own. Okay, yeah, so but, my. Uh, do we uh, finish no, the Spider-Verse? Uh, so well, my yeah, number four is going to be maybe something people forgot came out in this last decade and I think is one of the best movies of this franchise and that movie is Skyfall. That is uh, the James Bond, Daniel Craig uh, film. Good pick. Great pick. I grew up on James Bond. My dad read the original novels from Ian Fleming on a on a, in a steamer ship from California to Okinawa, and in, uh, in it doesn't Asia. get more than that. <laughs> yeah, and he still had those copies when he passed. Like, uh, and so I grew up on James Bond, the uh, the uh, twenty seven days of 007 on TBS, watching all that. So I grew up on James Bond. This easily, as Sam Mendes directed this film, it's one of the best ones because one. It focuses on James Bond in a different way. It's like we don't have the first woman, second woman model. It talks about him and M, played by Judy Dench. It questions a lot about M via the villain Javier Bardem, who's one of the best Bond villains of all time. The, the song from Adele for Skyfall, I think, is one of the most iconic... Okay. James Bond songs of all time. I wrote about this uh, this film for our best of the decade film on thepopbreak.com. It is great action, great drama, great character study. Um, Albert Finney's in it in, in a little bit. Uh, supposedly they were offering that. I think Sean Connery might have been offering that, but he had retired. Um, it is a great film. That also with James Bond, a lot of times you have to be in the know on James Bond. With that film, you could be dropped in. Everything is explained to you in not a explaining sort of way. It's done in a very natural way. It's amazing. It introduces one of my favorite cues, which is Ben Wishaw, who is the voice of Paddington in Paddington 2. 
and in the Paddington animated series, which is happening right now, which is also wonderful. Skyfall is a great action film, a great drama, a great character study, and in my opinion, the greatest James Bond film of all time. And that's saying something since we saw it debut in the 1960s. So it's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. I'm going to back it up. <laughs> so let's move on to our number three. I'm going to change the order a little bit. Al, what's your number three film? Oh, no. Uh, did you skip Ryan? He's no, I'm starting with you this time. Oh, wow. Okay. I just wanted um, to switch up a little bit. You just want to fuck me over. That's fine. No. Right. I just wanted to, you know, I'm the host. Right. I'm, it's I'm, I've got a, like half of, I've got three quarters of a pint of Jameson in me, so let's do this. <laughs> All right. So um, we're remember, only still in the first segment. I know. Remember way back when, when I said, I really don't want to add a lot of comic book movies to this? Oh, you're a fucking liar. No, oh, totally. Uh, but that's why I love I, it. I, I already mentioned Winter Soldier, uh, MCU staple. I already mentioned Spider Verse, which is the uh, you know animated masterpiece. The animated. Talk- I, I apologize. I, I stepped out during that conversation, and Brian has stepped out at this part. The animation and this the complete aesthetic of the Spider Verse is mm-hmm. is jaw dropping. It is. It's incredible. It's it like I said, groundbreak groundbreaking doesn't even begin to talk about that film. Um I'm gonna talk about another movie that um was a one hundred percent bomb at the box office. Um it didn't uh garner the attention it deserved, but it was pretty critically acclaimed and also a groundbreaking film. Um it is celebrating ten years this year. It is one of my absolute favorite films of all time, uh, and that is the Edgar Wright classic, yes. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> I saw that. Totally forgot. Logan Fowler yeah. at midnight in Freehold, New Jersey. I was dead tired from working all day delivering the magazine I worked for at the time, and Logan's like, I want to see this movie so bad. And I had to listen to so many shitheads just nitpick every second of this film to the point where I wanted to yell to them to just fuck off. I can't see how you can nitpick this absolute treasure of a movie. I talk to about go back to this film because I like when I watched it at midnight, I was like, this yeah. is good. This is fine. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to this film. Myself. You have to go back. If, if not just, if not for Edgar Wright, who we absolutely adore because we, we love space. Then we love, you know, the Cornetto trilogy. Um, I would go back for the incredibly insane, almost like Avengers-like quality cast that he assembles for this movie. You have, uh, obviously, the star Michael Sarah, um, Kieran Culkin. You know, Kieran Culkin, who is a giant star now on Succession. Great um, show, if you guys have not watched that yet. I know. I, I, I've Dude, I'm telling little, you. But, this show, that thing. show will knock your pants off. It's very yeah. good. Um, you have uh, Brie Larson, who's like 19 it's in it. Like you, have, shit, yeah. you have Brandon Aubrey, Routh. You Aubrey have Chris Plaza. Evans. Aubrey Plaza. Anna Kendrick. Um, did I already say Chris Evans? Matt Probably May not, because Whitman? he's in it. And he's one of the... Best parts of the movie. Uh, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who uh, was recently in Birds of Prey, but also from Fargo. Schwartzman. Um, Schwartzman. Allison Pill. Jason Schwartzman. Uh, The list goes on and on. It is a ridiculous, like... Uh, Thomas Jane. 
Yeah, Thomas Jane, please. Clifton Small Collins. Nate Clifton Whitman. Collins Jr. Yeah, I interviewed him like years ago. He's a man. Um, I actually In asked West him about World. the vegan police. Great. Because it's like the funniest, one of the funniest parts of the movie. Um, why do I love this? One of the funniest parts of the movie. I love this movie. Um, I've read the I've read the the original comic by Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, it's like a seven uh, mag- manga style yes. comic book manga, and um, it is again like the one of the best adaptations of the comic medium into film. They 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 bring so many elements that you would want to see. You know, in a pre, you know, almost a decade before Spider Verse, we're seeing things like um, the the what happens when you punch something in in a comic book, you get that effect, and it, it, it brought into real life uh, on screen, and it's just fucking hilarious. It's Edgar Wright. I mean, he's known for making these great comedies. I believe it's his first American film too. Like it's his first film. It was like, and it's not American, really. It's a Canadian film. Here's my really question. Get uh, to the nitty gritty, but it's so good. Here's my yeah, question about this film. Was this released maybe years too early? Because, like you said, box office bomb. If this had been released now, in 2020, or say within the last three to four years. Would this film have done better? Have been and not like I said, it's been received very well. It's become this cult classic. But do you think uh, maybe it was released a little too early for its own time? Hundred percent. He he would have needed to do Baby Driver first, which I and then, oh fuck, I mean, that's not even on my Baby list. Driver. I love that. Oh, I know. Driver. I know. He I would need to stuff. Here's the problem is because this is 2010, he does uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, these two British films that are cult classics. Um, He, like, Scott Pilgrim's his first um, American feature. American feature film. And, you know, he just, even with the cast, uh, I think Grown Ups came out the same summer and outgrossed it. I mean, it just. It just was way too ahead of its time. Like you're talking about like critically acclaimed films that just yeah. it just it missed the mark. It was such a niche film, comic book movies in 2010. Iron Man came out two years before. It's not. It, it's, yeah. It's just nothing. It's it's it really if it came out now. If you think it about this on better. streamer, like this came out. Oh yeah. Film it would have been a fucking phenomenon. Yeah, and this is like it's not. It's not that it's like pre-internet, but this is like pre-Twitter, and then this is yeah. not even pre-Twitter, but like this would have been no. Something. This was pre-Twitter's like everyday involvement in your life. Yeah, like when this premiered, I think it was not Tribeca, but it was like one of the film festivals. It was like standing ovation. Like they thought the movie was going to do so well, and then box office comes out. Like if that happened, it got an August. It didn't get an August release. Yeah, it did. It it, that August it releases, especially back ten, like almost ten years ago, they, that was still graveyard shift. You know, Baby Driver. Remember that was supposed to be an August one. Moved yeah. up to July, I believe. Al, I saw it with you. You did. I did probably. And Megan, I think was there too. And uh, yeah, I mean that was, but that was a big. That was an end of July surprise. Yeah. And I yeah, but it was myself also, for I, not having that on my, my fucking 
I can't. I don't think the box uh, the um, the budget of Baby Driver compared to it the did it did because of special effects alone. Yeah. So Ryan, crazy. Uh, let's move on to you. What's your number four pick? Uh, my um, wait, is this number three now or number four? Three. 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 Sorry, uh, I apologize. You're fine. I was just about to say, oh no. Um, so by the way, my... let's get a round of what everyone's drinking tonight, by the way. Um, I am drinking Green Zebra. It is a Goza style ale from Founders. It is going to be my new beach beer because it's phenomenal and it comes in a 15 pack. If I Cheers. could drink a beach beer, it would either be a Kona Longboard or a Line and Cool Summer Shandy. I only have one left in the fridge. I'm saving it. And Ryan, what, what are you drinking tonight? Bill, I'm drinking a Lining Kugel Summer Shandy. I was cleaning out my... Uh... I will tell you that I uh, have interviewed in my previous life Jake Lining Kugel. Really? Then got wasted midday with one of the uh, oh. one of their best friends who's uh, like a muckety-muck there. And he looks at, uh, he looks at the guys I'm with and he's like, you know who James Garner is? And I said, yeah, he's in the Rockford Files. He was also in the Notebook. People I'm with who were like Miller Lite representatives, like, who the fuck's James Garner? He was yeah. like, we got him in the line in Kugel, pace car for the Indy 500. He looks at me, he's like, this guy's like 24 years old, and he knows who fucking James Garner is. Shots all around for me and him. <laughs> we got wasted at 3 o'clock in the, mor- uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I should say. So that's my line in Google story. That, that's Mostly based that's... on James Garner, who was in a Ryan Gosling movie. Ryan, just, I... your pick. <laughs> it, it all just inter- it just all connects. You know, I will never a... tell that story again. And that's why I love this podcast. I um, No, I was just cleaning out the fridge. Uh, before, I just had a tall boy of Heineken because it was just whatever was hey, there. And Yeah, I know. So, base I, beer. I, I mean, I was drinking some. Uh, I, I had some really nice stuff from Lakewood, New Jersey, that I finished out. Um, Which brewery? It was kind of like what? Which brewery from Lakewood? Uh, Icarus, Icarus oh, Brewing. Very good. Yeah, good spot. Uh, had some. Uh, it was. Uh, it was kind of what you were drinking, like a little bit of a goza, but like had like a nice little refreshing little twist to it. Delicious stuff. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm down. And to I am shape. drinking a uh, Jameson and Coke Zero as I try to every week. So. Ryan, you're number three. <laughs> so number three, uh, another movie I feel uh, had a lot of critical response. I feel like it kind of like it was big when it was in the theater, and then the works came, and it was it was big. It was a front runner, and then I feel like ever since then it kind of just fell off the map. Um, that is um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm, nice, not my favorite. Nice not pick. I, I like that movie. I don't know. I don't think it'd be a top fiver for me, but I absolutely well, adore um, yeah. a so Madonna. I was um, so I, what I what I really appreciated by was uh, I loved I loved it was a, it was an incredible strong lead uh, from Fa- Frances McDormand. I thought she she killed it. She was in my in my eye. I thought she was one of the best female leads in a long ass time. Uh, it was kind of she 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 dominated every scene she was in. Plus, um, you have plus you have this uh, amazing supporting cast that that is really well rounded. You have Sam Rockwell, you have Woody Harrelson, you have um, Ty Tywin Lannister. What the hell's his name? Peter Dinklage. Peter Lawrence Dinklage. 
Yes, yes. Uh, we you have this you have this incredible supporting cast. Plus, you have Martin McDonough, the famous playwright who did In Bruges. He did Seven, Seven Psychopaths, Psychopaths, which I which was one of the first uh, screeners we. Um, That's amazing. We did, and I was sitting behind Jeffrey Lyons, a famed film critic. So that was pretty cool. I love wow. Seven Psychopaths. So underrated. That's there, such a good movie. All of it. I, I just rewatched In Bruges also. Fucking phenomenal in, movie. In Bruges, I feel like it's been on Netflix forever, and I'm like, what? what I watched it. it; was brilliant. Again, anyway, I, I love. I saw that him in the like Black. 50 person theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. Amazing. I Al, we saw it in like a fucking like like I feel like it was like a closet. Where did we see this? Oh my god, we saw it in uh, I think Hillsborough or one of the smaller towns in was near it? me. Was it it was, oh, I don't remember. I don't know. It was this tiny ass little theater. You saw it in, like very small theater. A Clearview, was... right, probably right. What's that? It's probably a Clearview Cinema. I know Red Bank had a small one, and Montgomery, right outside of Hillsboro, had one. Hmm. If, you, you might be right. It sounds actually kind of familiar, but it was this tiny ass theater, and I feel it was me and you, and then everybody. It was packed because there was like more than seventeen people there, but it was like they were all like. They're all old people. They're all like seventy or eighty year, year old people, and then it was us. But like, um, what I loved about it was Mark McDonough's. He's really strong. He's he is him and Shane Black are up there with probably like my top two writer director duos. As, of course, mm-hmm. Tarantino. But like, um, just I love I love the dark humor and just the dark humor, uh, comedic kind of intense blend that he does and it really goes from he has lines that make you piss yourself to just complete suspense mm-hmm. at certain points mm-hmm. to just and then and then uh if sam rockwell who does i think one of the best supporting character arcs in like a long ass time he just hated character in the beginning of the movie then by the end of the movie you're rooting for him it's so I thought it was masterfully done. I, I would argue this one maybe is a bit too long. You might shave 10, 15 minutes off of it. But I I remember I only saw it once or twice. And I remember it always stuck with me just because it was just masterfully done on every every level. And I I love this movie. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting pick. You know, what the 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 that movie stuck with me, too for a long time. Um, and the last movie to do that was Gone Girl. Gone Girl yes. movie was the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I like that movie a lot. I just, comparing it to In Bruges or comparing it to Seven yeah. Psychopaths, for me personally, there is no comparison. I re- like, but that's his, that's his Oscar movie. Like, yeah. and Sam Rockwell is like peak Sam Rockwell. He won, he wins for that, I believe, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He yeah, and he deservedly so. And Frances McDormand, who I I'm going to do my random drop. I saw her. Uh, I was crossing the street, um, <laughs> crossing the street in uh, in Los Angeles in Santa Monica, and really quickly trying to make the light. And I looked to my left and I saw this woman on a bicycle. I'm like, God, oh, that looks like Frances McDormand. And someone's like, That is Frances McDormand. I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> it was Frances McDormand. Oh, oh um, shit. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, that's a great pick, right? Um, I, again, it's so I can't believe that made your top five, but at the same time, I know that you're a huge fan of uh, Mark McDonough, so it makes sense. My uh, third pick will be a movie we've already talked about, and that's The Social Network. Um, Fantastic. Saw it in a theater. Loved it. Uh, 
again, a movie I can go back to any day of the week. And um, again, it's just, it's never not relevant. Mm -hmm. There are certain films, like I was mentioning before, that are like, oh, like Easy Rider, that defined a generation. It's, but it's closed into that generation. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to just go out and say it. It's my number one. Um, Social network is my number one pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it is. It's for me, it is because that movie, when I saw it, then I read the book too, the the accidental billionaires. Um, I absolutely adored, um, everything about that movie. I just, I think that really got me into this whole other side of a movie making and And, you know, David Fincher is just, he is in a class. Yeah. All his own. He, and we talked. I think we we he, talked about him last week too. Yeah, we did. And he's great. It was the perfect choice. The Trent Reznor, Atticus Finch score oh. is amazing. Atticus Eisenberg is amazing. Atticus Ross. Yeah. Atticus Ross. What Atticus Finch. Atticus oh, Finch. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Jameson. No, I'm confusing. No, I'm fix. I'm mixing up something you had. So Atticus Ross. My apologies. But Aaron yeah. Sorkin's. Aaron Sorkin's script. That's all he needed. Yeah. He was I mean, also in the film. There is not a line in that movie. First of all, there's like you you can have Garfield a masterclass. Amazing. You can have a masterclass on the writing. You can have a masterclass on the cinematography. You can have a masterclass Great. on directing with that movie. It's like a it's a triple triple crown winner. And, and, and it took score, someone yeah. I think, which is crazy. It took someone like Justin Timberlake in. Who is, you know, let's face it, he's a pop star more than anything. Gave him a great role. Cast him perfectly. He fought so hard to get that role, too. I've read I've read interviews and stuff, too. And it's I'm glad because he He was great. He worked his ass off for it. And he's so good in it. So great. I wonder they would have given it to if he didn't do it. I think anyone could have like any like actor of that, like. The yeah. age group and everything could sure. have done it, but the way he does it is yeah. so perfect because yeah. he plays that arrogant asshole and manipulative, manipulative, Jesus Christ, manipulative, manipulative, manipulative. asshole, plays it amazingly. But Just. then in the flip of a switch, you see the scared little high school boy who never grew up. And he the scene where it. the cops are raiding that frat party. Oh yeah, the paranoid, the paranoia that he has too. But it's it's you know my favorite scene and probably the, the most iconic scene uh, when Ed Warder comes into the Facebook office and he finds out that he's been basically bought out oh. of the company, like kicked out of the company. Right? It's the most devastating scene in the movie. Yeah. But but when he's yeah when Timberlake comes up to him and is basically like you know. Um, Here's the, here's the check for for the, the the money that we owe you, and it was just like the the thousand dollar like startup money, whatever it was, and he goes to hit him, and you just see him like cower yep. in fear, yep. and I'm like, fuck, like he played that perfectly, and he's a he's the unsung hero of that movie for sure. Absolutely is. It's a yeah. great movie. Um, I it's will my number say one it's not my it's my number three because I love two other movies more. Yeah, but. Um, what we talked about previously is it really defines the 2010s because it captures perfectly a platform that it's basically like 
if 50 years ago there was a movie about television, about and how that came out, and directed in the same way that talked about how television and it was so and it became so important and imbued everybody's lives. If we had that movie, that's what the social network is. And no matter what the subject, it has Shakespearean qualities to it. David Fincher is just a masterful director. There's so many great things about that film. 100%. Let's move into our number two film. I'm going to start out with this one. Let me just switch up a little bit. And that's Get Out for me. Get Out is... Yeah, man. It's, It's high, but it's... I love this movie. It is a movie that I remember, like I mentioned earlier... I watched this as a Get Out Dunkirk double feature. Get Out was the first movie I saw. And I was very afraid of Get Out. And I'll tell you why. Because I had heard so many great things. Because, again, this movie came out of nowhere and made bank. And it it, it, sw- it was a culture, like we were talking about before with other films, a cultural phenomenon. It, like Black Panther is what a movie I was thinking of. Cultural phenomenon. This came out like February or March. This is this is a movie that like maybe we should have made a couple bucks. Coming from a guy who is we've known for Key and Peel, a sketch comedy film. But this movie came out and knocked everyone on their ass. Because it has and if you listen to my earlier introduction to this podcast, still a very relevant theme. And it explores that in an Alfred Hitchcock slash Twilight Zone sort of way, which we now know. I mean, goddamn, Jordan Peele is producing the new uh, and hosting the new Twilight Zone series yeah. on CBS All Access, but he's become the new master of horror and suspense and social commentary. And what he did here blew our minds and blew our expectations. And as a film, we could still look at Daniel. We still think about Daniel Kaluuya's face in a chair with tears running down his eyes. We could still get shivers in that one frame of film. That is a powerful moment. That shows you the excellence of the film. Get out. If you've never seen it, change your life. You'll be blown away by this. Great film. Biting commentary. White knuckle suspense. Excellent film. Go watch it. So that is my number two film. Ryan, what's your number two film? Number two film for me. So obviously uh, Social Network is number one for me. Uh, Number two, one of my favorites. One of the... I have the same pick. (laughs) Yeah. I, are you sure? I don't know. Yeah, it's Bill's number one. Okay, all right. So, okay, so we should just okay. we will end it right now with it, guys. Come on. You know what? It, okay, so this just this say is it. when you said when you said top five, I'm like this is going to be on it. Then I switched it, and I'm glad I switched it. Number two, it's not what you guys have. I don't think Bullshit. it is. There's no fucking way. It's Inception. It's my number one. You That's guys have fun. Is, you are guys, you mad? It's fucking Mad Max. Yeah. You guys are. I I I can't oh, understand. Shit, I forgot so, that one. Damn it. So I, okay, okay. So let's go. Let's get into it. Okay. So I think the, you guys just inceptioned me because we the, did. The I'm still us, spinning a top right now. Okay. 
So let, let, let's do it. The, the three of us are on the same track. Obviously both masterful. Mad Max, I think I left my, I left the movie theater pissing myself because it was amazing. Inception was, I was 20 when I saw this movie. I was, I was a boy when I walked in. I was a man when I walked out when I saw this fucking movie. This was like, (laughs) yeah, you drink, Phil. Uh, I I have to. Just such a, just such a large scale, ambitious, clever, like mind heist actioner that was mind bending. It was, it's still a movie. I just watched it on Netflix a few weeks ago and, it's just it's a movie that is just perfect. It's 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 long, but it's Christopher Nolan at his peak powers between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. He's got DiCaprio. He's got Gordon Levitt. He's got um, uh, Ellen Page. He's got Tom Hardy, who was not a household name yet. He has all these fucking people. Ken Watanabe, uh, uh, Killian Murphy, who I love. He has all these people. Just it's just this amazing thing that's never been done before i thought i was this i was blown away by this i remember leaving the theater al i was with you and a few of our friends at the time we were just stunned and just the fact that you can have again a mind heist actioner with a cliffhanger by the way at the end of the movie that's still debated today to me that's it came out 10 years ago almost uh, the summer will be 10 years and it's still something that has yet to have been topped those set pieces were the the twisty fucking hallway and they're oh. jumping around fighting plus it's an action movie with daddy issues it's an amazing feat how do you do that <laughs> do you- that is the first time i've ever heard inception described as hey guys it's an action movie with daddy issues <laughs> so my number two pick it was close mad max is in there but num- number two inception uh christopher nolan he blew my socks away. I want to live in there, and uh, that's my that's my pick. Go for it, guys. Debate. Al, what's your number two pick? I mean, I said it. I, I don't know. I'm fucking shocked at how neither of you have Mad Max Fury Road in your top. Okay, five. let's qualify this whole debate. We are putting five movies from a decade. Mad Max Fury Road. It's five movies from a decade. We're going to miss Max Fury Road. Yes, and I will say that you and Dan Cohen dog-shamed me into watching this movie because I didn't see it in theater. Again, father to a newborn, didn't watch it right away. Got to it. I felt like every day you and Dan were like, Fury Road, Fury Road. I'll get to it. And it's a big fucking car chase and it's glorious. I get it. Al is your number two Mad Max Fury Road? It's one hundred percent Mad Max Fury Road. Please, the floor is yours, we won't talk. Talk Take about the, the gloriousness of Mad Max Fury Road. Ryan Ryan and I saw this in theaters together and yes. Talk about seeing something and just being not only completely blown away, but kind of like doubting yourself about what you just saw, because I have never seen action like that. I have never seen uh, color like that. I had never seen directing and editing like that ever. The stunts in this movie, the, the just the set pieces, it is 
unheard of how like monumentally insane this movie is and when you read about or watch documentaries about the making of this film it should not have been made it you know um delays and and explosions and all of these things that come together um george miller who at the point was like in his 70s directed the craziest high adrenaline it literally is like taking just like cocaine the movie right like it's it's bananas can i tell you you for anyone who wants reference on the movies that george miller directed before mad max fury road happy feet happy feet happy feet too and if you want to go for another one it was babe pig in the city he also (laughs) directed babe he directed lorenzo's oil dead calm the witches of eastwick guys Mm -hmm. he directed original mad max movies took a break and directed all those fucking movies i just told you about like babe and babe pig in the city defined childhoods yeah i think we briefly talked about last week about um george miller's uh justice league movie that he was doing in about like 2008 he was gonna direct right i did not pick up on that reference because i was probably my mind was elsewhere and the reason why i want to see um like a documentary i would love to see the movie the reason i want to see a documentary (laughs) <laughs> they're doing. They're doing. Uh, I think they're doing a documentary in the same style of like the the death and um, the life and death of uh, Superman Lives. They, there's a documentary about the uh, the, the Nicholas Cage Superman movie that never happened. Superman Ooh. Lives, uh, which is pretty good. I just avoided. Uh, I want to see that documentary of what George Miller's uh, Justice League would have looked like because holy fucking shit! Like if. Yeah. The guy who made Fury Road made a, an action, uh, a, a comic book movie. It would be unlike anything anyone has ever seen because this movie is, uh, I don't even have to describe the movie. Bill said it already. It is a fucking car chase. But, man, it's the greatest car chase you'll ever watch in your entire life. So, um, question I'm yeah, going to ask both of you right now. Yeah. The sequel has been talked about a lot. It's going to be a mm-hmm. prequel. Recently. Sans Charlize Theron. Who was amazing? No, no, no. I heard she's going to be in it. I think they're going to do like a, like a like flashback to her as the young Furiosa. I thought they were not going to do that. No, I think I think she's in for a, for a sequel. I think we're just not going to see what's his name in it, Hardy. Plus, which is fine because Furiosa was easily the most memorable character that I felt. Yeah, and I, when I was making this list, I felt that uh, the uh, female perspective was not uh, well represented until you just said, oh shit, this movie's all about Furiosa. And uh, Tom Hardy says about seven words in this movie, as Ryan always says. And Nicholas <laughs> Holt's in this film. and uh, But it is it is the Charlize Theron show, because she is the most captivating character in this film. Hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go watch this movie, dude. Like... Or female dude. Like, go fucking watch this movie. Dude, it's, it's the fucking... It is the craziest thing you'll ever watch. And you'll we will say throughout the whole movie, how the fuck did this get made? Because well, it's it all shouldn't... Effects, it's all yeah. stunts. It's all fucking, like, precision. Just, just, just perfect. I yeah. think George Miller, he's going to live to 
170. He's got another one of these babies. He'll in the, me easily. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be doing Facebook, you know, 2.0 because he's gonna, he's a madman. He's gonna just be doing crazy ass shit. Just, also, I, former pro wrestler Nathan Jones as uh, um, Morton Joe's uh, right hand man. Oh, his son. Yeah. Oh, he, um, <laughs> worst pro wrestler. Fucking. I, I will say something uh, real quick before we get into the last couple picks. Um, I have an. I have an amazing double feature for you. Uh, another phenomenal movie that almost made my list, uh, Logan. Oh, fuck! I know. So good. So, I know. So, um, Christ, how can I forget that film? So both, um, so both Logan and um, and Fury Road oh. both have black and white versions of the film, like actual official black and white versions. And I've watched a double feature of both of those movies. Um, oh. Because Logan is basically filmed as like a black and white like uh, noir western. It's shame. Yeah, and then uh, Fury Road. There it's literally a is a shiny, shiny and chrome edition, which I have. The double feature is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. God, Logan is right, so I, good. I feel like just a failure as a human for not putting yep. Logan in my top five. Logan almost yeah. almost made mine. Logan is such a great film. It's fantastic. Patrick Stewart, I think. Should have won. Should should have been nominated for best supporting actor. Hundred percent. And great. Uh, Hugh Jackman. I don't know if you're going to get a better performance from him. No, but he was really good in Bad Education. Let's check it out. Hugh Very good. Oh, oh, well, that's that's uh, TV. I'm talking film wise. But it's a movie. No, it's a movie. Was it's it a TV? movie, but it went it's straight to HBO. HBO. All right. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do? Listen, it's <laughs> going to be nominated for an Emmy, not an Oscar. So it's a big difference. Uh, Bill, are you on your second pick? I am um, on my first pick because I went first. Ooh, what's uh, number one? Uh, for me? Well, Ryan DeMarco already mentioned it. It's Inception. I saw oh. that at the midnight showing the, day, the night my niece was born. And uh, that's how I always know it was July 17th. That's how I know that it came out that night. I have never experienced a film like Inception in the theater in my entire 30 years on this world. It is one of my favorite movies. I have seen it innumerable times. The ending of that film still gets to me to this day. It's a great action film. It's a great drama. It's a great character study. It's great philosophical film there's so much about this film that's great to me and there's like when you talk when you use the word philosophical people will be like oh fuck that don't want to watch it I can go back to this film every day of my life and watch it and I'd still have questions the the slow motion Cuts the van falling off the bridge to the big action sequences on the snow-covered mountains. It's amazing. I can't get enough of this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. To me, it's my favorite movie that I've seen in the last 10 years, like I said, of all time. It's just amazing in every part 
and you could still question every part of this film, no matter when you watch it. When you watch the end of the film, when DiCaprio nods to all the characters, spoilers if you haven't seen it, is he nodding to them because he knows them from a previous life, or is it because they've been in this version of Inception? Like, what is it? Is is he seeing his children in reality or not? Like, we can still question this film ten years later. And to me, if you could still question the film, and it it's a good question, it's a solid question, you can debate the question, you can still enjoy the film, it's a great film. We did it with Citizen Kane. I'm, okay, it's on the same level. I, I get that. <laughs> but great film if you haven't seen Inception go see it this is my favorite movie of the last 10 years uh, Ryan what's your number one pick well my number one pick has been stated numerous times and was uh, the, I, I feel like the inception of this conversation but it is uh, Social Network uh, it is a film as I've said at length on this podcast this episode uh, it's perfectly done um, it, it is yeah, it is another film that changed me as a moviegoer and as a fan, and it, it's it, it opened up a whole lot of different doors in terms of how to view movies, how to experience movies. So it is, it is, it is from my count my best experience in a movie theater over the last ten years. Al. Ryan has already said it. I, I totally agree with Ryan. I, I, I'm still upset that the whole Mad Max thing. I'll probably never forgive you guys. But There's uh, so yeah, many things that over the last decade you could not forgive me for. Cool. That's on the, that's on the top. Um, well, social network. Inception wasn't in yours at all. I know. I was actually thinking about it, too, because um, I love that movie. Which uh, movie? I, Inception. Inception. Oh. I loved I loved Inception. I'm, I'm surprised that didn't even make an mention for you. I know. Um, I I don't think that's his best movie. I don't think it's Nolan's best movie. It's one of his best movies. I don't think it's his best. Um, Dark Knight. I, I yeah probably probably Dark Knight. If you Knight, said the I Prestige, would... I would drive wickedly drunk to your house and hug you. I love the Prestige. I fucking love the Prestige. Every time I watch the Prestige, I love Mm -hmm. it more. I also love Batman Begins more than I love the Dark Knight. Batman Begins is a interesting take. Can can we just address that for one second? Why is that? Yeah, real quick. Dark Knight is is probably the best, one of the greatest comic movies of all time. Kevin Smith called it the Godfather Part 2 of comic book movies. Uh, (laughs) Agreed. I always prefer Godfather 1, but that's me. And that's why I, lo- I love Batman Begins because Batman Begins is a fucking animal. Like it's oh, it's awesome. So Don't get me wrong, but like the standard bearer for a lot of people is The Dark Knight. So I, I'm yeah. very intrigued to what why Al says Batman Begins. I'm inclined to to agree with him actually on that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I want. The, well, you want to hear you want to hear yeah, why? I want to hear that. Batman yeah. Begins came at a point in my life when I was kind of rediscovering. Uh, comic books and superheroes. Sure. And I got that. There and you Ryan was six. A big, <laughs> Ryan was a big uh, proprietor of that. He got me into comic books. Um, 
and the first comic books that I ever bought were uh, Civil War, uh, the, the, yeah. the series that inspired the movie. Um, that came at that time. So that was a movie that I would I watched and I was kind of blown away. And then I found the films of Christopher Nolan and then I would saw like The Prestige and then, you know, seeing Inception in theaters and everything. The reason I think I love Batman Begins more than I love The Dark Knight is something a friend of ours used to say. And he said that Which The Dark Knight's... Is it right for us? Um, no, I, I won't mention names. I won't mention names. But a friend of ours once said that he didn't really like The Dark Knight because it's not a Batman movie. It's really not. It's really not. If you really like look into it, it is 100% led by the performance of Heath Ledger and the Joker, yeah. and is a sure. it is a it's a it's a Heath Ledger movie, and I could even say it's also um, a Two Face movie. It's really about it's about Gordon and it's about Two Face and it's about the Joker. That. It's the kind of it's, it's the expansion of Nolan's vision of Gotham City, and you know I love. Christian Bale in that movie, and I love Batman in that movie, but Batman, get, Batman Begins is the origin it is story. A, Batman is the spotlight of that movie. He's the spotlight, and it's also like the how-to-do-a-great-origin film. It is the blueprint of an origin film. And really is. I would say that, that and Iron Man are like, how do you do an origin movie? Every movie has copied those two scenes. So just, uh, just one little note, too, on top of the whole Batman Begins thing. Just think of it right before I let you, right before we put this, bed to, um, put this to rest. 2005, it came out. It followed all those campy-ass Batman movies, which we love. You know, I love the I know. button. Maybe not Batman and Robin, but, like, oh, it took shit. that bold, it took that bold stance, like, six years later, just like, oh, I'm going to take this super serious what? approach. Um, so I, I, that was, that was another one that like just completely just, that's why Batman Begins, I think was like amazing. So go ahead. You know, it's funny. It's like, uh, you know, the person who recommended Batman Begins to me was my dad. Wow. My dad actually was like, bought the DVD from Blockbuster. It was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't living in my ha- my childhood home at the time and he was like Batman because he was a big Liam Neeson guy so he's like Batman Begins is great he's like you need to watch this film it is yeah. awesome and I was like you're recommending a Batman movie to me and he's like yeah he's like it's that great and I watched it and you're right it's it's such a great film yeah I, I it was we forget time. it and we forget it because the second one is, like you said, it's yeah. so iconic. But I forget how great Batman Begins is. And we, it, it was at a time in my life too, where, like I said, I was introduced to comic books. But I was also really introduced to like my taste in film. Like I was really like discovering that. Like uh, I didn't, I saw, I didn't see that in theaters. Like that was someone's like, you have to watch Batman Begins. Same way. Like I, I found it on cable, and that's like right along when I was found. Uh, Ryan introduced me to Sin City and like I got more into like Robert Rodriguez and um, then I would find then I found Fight Club and I started getting into David Fincher and I'm like going in like the bro adolescent child like ways into these films and then I kind of discovered their catalog and then I was like oh that's how you make a movie yep so I think just it always holds a special place in my heart and again Dark Knight is phenomenal and 
Heath Ledger's performance is, you know, I, I again iconic, but I always say that Batman Begins is my favorite of the trilogy. Interesting. For sure. So, yeah. I am thoroughly sauced. I mentioned yeah. Inception as my number one. So, Brian, what was your number one? Again? It was Social Network. Social Network. Al, your number one. It would be the social network, and I think we've talked about it at length, but the, the last thing I will say about um, the social network, going back to what Quentin Tarantino said, um, it's the best. It's the best It's the best film of the decade. It, 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 there's no, there is no, there's no comparison to anything else because of everything across the board. Acting, writing, score, cinematography, directing, right. and the cultural relevance that that film had has and will have yeah it's there's nothing that matches it in my eyes like we know the Winklevoss twins who have been very um prolific on twitter as of late yeah we know them because of army hammer's performance more than we know who they are yeah performances and that's and, and it's funny watching that and seeing the technology because yeah. it's like pre you know pre um, deep fakes. So, well, I was gonna say pre MCU. Um, you know, seeing young uh, Furious Seven era. Yeah, yeah, or seeing like young uh, Doug and young, Hobbs and Shaw now. <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about best of the twenty twenties. Um, Motherfucker, Hobbs and Shaw is just a dumb fun film. Oh, it's great. So good, but I was gonna say, like you know, um, uh, the social no- the social network um, walked, so uh, the MCU can run in terms yeah. of the, the special effects yeah. uh, that they used. You know, which is crazy seemed- because that's essentially just a drama, and we're talking about how that film influenced the biggest budget sp- special effects shows. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, shows, movies of all yeah. time. Yeah. And, you know, someone said, someone said on my Facebook, like, it's such a great movie for a movie that's just like all dialogue. It like, really pe- people don't realize the just the masterful camera work in that movie. Oh. You know? Yeah. And if you've never it, seen a venture movie before, start there. The. Go to the end and then go to everything else because you will see that David Fincher, his eye yeah. is just one of the best eyes in the film. Yeah, and 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 rewatching that movie, uh, of like probably end of last year, rewatching it just makes me say, "Man, I wish we had more Fincher movies." <laughs> this has been the longest drought that we've ever had. But you also in terms see of Fincher series, which I mentioned last week, with yeah, but his. We had two seasons yeah. of Mindhunter. Go to Netflix, watch that. But he didn't direct. He didn't direct them all, right? He, he only directs direct the... all of them. He directed no. some of them. He so did. there's some some great Fincher work in there. Yeah, I want to see some more Fincher, and we will. So, guys, this is a little bit of a special episode. We're not going to go into a glimmer of hope. We're not going to go into a slice of fried gold. We're not even going to go into the watch list because. Literally, this whole episode has been a watch list. And, I mean, music in a time of quarantine, do you really need after, like, a full, you know, hour plus, if not two? Do you really need to know our songs? So, 
it's been a tough week. We hope this gave you some recommendations for films to watch because the last 10 years, man, like, have been, I think, super underrated in what they've given us. Like, people will talk about, like, 1994 is one of the amazing years of film. And it is. I mean, you're talking Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump. Do I need to go any further besides those two? But the last 10 years, man, have produced amazing films. I hope we provided some films that aren't too obvious and some films, you know, like Spy or The Nice Guys that you maybe you missed. Maybe you only caught on cable in its edited form. Go to Netflix. Go to wherever you can find it. Enjoy it. It's awesome. So, Ryan, uh, you're our guest. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for talking about movies with us. Where can people find you on social media? Because I know you're hyper-prolific on social media. He's also on mute. Turn, don't un, unmute yourself, Ryan. You I, I, I know you have a cat running around here once in a while. It hits the mute button. Um, Bro, no, we had my five-year-old show up on the show, and I could still host it pretty well. <laughs> I also, this, is why, this is why you were the bod father. This is why you are. I'm super the drunk, so let's. And all be not all, as bad no, as the last my time. My closing, my closing remarks will be: It was an absolute blast to be on this. Yeah. Uh, if you guys ever ask me again, I will certainly be here. Oh, um, you can find me um, once in a while writing something for Pop Break. Uh, I am on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Snapchat, and, uh, you know, wherever, uh, you know, if you're in New Jersey, you might run into me on the street. I don't know. I'll have a face mask on. And, uh, Bill, I, I, I like uh, that idea. That's, a you know, in a time of just unpredictability and just a lot of hate, um, watch, watch good movies, watch good entertainment, and just spread peace, you know? Spread laughs. And you still owe me a Capone review. I do. I do. No, that that's coming. And I, I I don't envy you for doing that because um, the reviews <laughs> of what we've seen so far, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Al, tell people where, tell the people where people can follow you. As always, uh, you can follow me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I am purchasing a new camera, so I'm gonna be taking some more photos. They're not gonna be concert. They're probably going to be of my son just getting into all shenanigans. So look out for those and hopefully boy. hopefully doing some more stuff for the pop break very soon. Uh, Bill. Okay, so first we have a brand new series on Instagram. We're at the pop break. Cat uh, Manos, who was our guest last week, she's our music editor. She is curating uh, the Pop Break Instagram for the next week. Uh, we're just talking about pre-COVID uh, concert photos, and she's posting some really great ones. Go check them out. We're at the Pop Break. Every day I would love for you to check out thepopbreak.com. We have great stuff on television, movies, music, comic books, pro wrestling. Of course, great podcasts you can find everywhere. You can find them on SoundCloud. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them Find it on Google Play. Awesome places. The Socially Distant Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, a couple other places. I'm not 100% sure where because they're like, you know, 
random spots I don't listen to podcasts on. But thank you for listening to us. Of course, follow us on Twitter at popbreak.com. We're always posting our stories on there. Uh, we're forward slash popbreak.com on Facebook. Like I said, you can find stuff from Ryan, who's written stuff for us for, basically Al has forced him to write, for, write stuff for us over the past, like, I don't know, seven or eight years at the pop, thepopbreak.com. Al has written stuff for us, thepopbreak.com. Of course, I have written stuff, thepopbreak.com. My uh, Twitter is at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. And that's where we want you to go check stuff out. Of course, like I guess at the Breakcast slash the Pop Break Radio Network is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Just giving us the time to give you a little break from all the heaviness that's happening right now. And, you know, finding out what our favorite movies from the last 10 years was. So for Brian DeMarco, Al Manorino, I'm Bill Bodkin. Thank you so much for checking us out.